Hi, folks. Uh, there is nothing to be warned about in this week's interview. I cannot say the same about the rest of the show because we haven't actually started talking about it yet. Uh, we have animals. That's our second warning. And they tend to break in at any time. Uh, two kittens, two adult cats, and two hound dogs, one of whom is currently, is she? She's grooming one of the kittens, yes. His stomach? Yeah, she's she's basically got him flat and is fleeing him, and he's like, why am I, why is this my life? If he could, he would probably utter, utter some curse words, which, by the way, is your third and final warning for this episode. We swear a lot. The it, thing is, he's not really trying to get away. She's just, just nibbling him and sort of shoving him around the floor on his back, and he's like... All right, if this is what it takes to get petted around here. Anyway, uh, so that's that's your warnings for this show. Uh, again, hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 170. I am your host, Kevin Sonny, but you should know that by now. Uh, that's mostly for new listeners. Are there new listeners? Hi, new listeners, if there are new listeners. Uh, if there are, I'm Ursula Vernon, his wife. The Wombat Test Subject. Yes. Uh, I haven't actually tested anything for a while other than perhaps brain meds, but... Uh, and those are still a work in progress. Yes, I had an exciting interlude yesterday. You did. You did, the, you did. Uh, actually, the interlude started on Monday, though. Yes, uh, Monday, I ran out the door really early to do a thing. I mean, really early for me, but I started doing things, and I didn't end up taking my meds. I forgot to take the morning pills, which yep. include my ADHD med. And by the time I realized I had not taken them, it was like 4.30. And I was all, okay, well, if I take a seven-hour med now, I am going to be a wired nut bar, at, you know, at midnight. Yeah. So uh, maybe not. And the thing is that uh, uh, these meds flush from your system very quickly. So, and some people to keep them working well will take the weekends off. I usually don't because I feel like I'm way more of a space cadet. And, but anyway, so I had missed the pill. And then the next day, which was yesterday, I took one, I took it, but then. I took it on an empty stomach and I didn't eat for like two or three hours. And that was, yeah. and this is the higher dosage pill. So, um, it was like, I was, uh, I, I, I was, I could vibrate through time. I was, you know, my, I was laser focused. I was getting serious eye strain because I would stare at my computer for an hour without looking away or focusing any distance. And I probably wasn't even blinking enough. So it wasn't fun. Like, uh, this is not a thing you'd want to do recreationally ever. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not like a high or anything. It's just like this almost jarring uh focus and i did my thousand words i was like i will go in the garden and perhaps that will calm me down so i went in the garden and wound up repotting all of the cuttings i had taken earlier in the year cleaned yeah. up one of the back corners uh organized some stuff came inside, wrote 800 more words, and was like, okay, maybe now would be a good time to go play Oxygen Not Included for about five hours straight and just yeah. not, yeah. you know, do anything else 
that involves dramatizing innocent bystanders. That would be me. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, the meds work. Uh, <laughs> it's it, a lot of the time is figuring out dosage and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this yeah. is why I don't drink caffeine anymore. So yeah, two, two, two things to be cognizant of. Yes. And when, all yeah. brain meds are just working out the correct dosage, really. Yeah. And one of the, one of the important things about it is you, you learn, don't take it on an empty stomach. Uh, yeah, which, how to phrase this, I don't think I actually learned, I just learned that if I start to feel it taking effect and I still haven't eaten, I should do something about that, but it's, I am one of those people who has a hard time eating after I've woken up. Same. Uh, I usually same. skip breakfast, uh, I frequently get kind of nauseated if I try to force down food. So, not same. Uh, it's not always easy for me to... Juggle those two, but you know, life. Yeah, I, I have my morning pills, which are really my lunchtime pills, because I really need to take my diabetes med uh, just before I eat. Yeah. And so usually I have those with lunch or just before I start eating lunch, like at the very beginning, so that everything's kind of working together and I don't have to worry about, oops, it's hitting and now my blood sugar's dropping like a stone because. There's nothing in there for it to process kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Ah, the excitements of being a sack of meat. Sack Medicated meat. Of meat. Medicated meat. Yeah. Yeah. So, how was your week? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, I've been learning on and off a new programming language, which doing so on and off is difficult. Uh, I spent... Two days at the virtual All Things Open, since we couldn't do it in person this year, and I have to say it was incredibly well run. As always, uh, there's it's it's a very very good conference. Um, I actually spent uh, the first day in the diversity and inclusion track, which was absolutely phenomenal. You you had said you had only gone in for one panel and then you wound up like yeah yeah staying. I, there was there was like it was like well I'll go in for the first pan the introduction of the first panel because there's nothing really in that Monday morning after the keynote slot I was that interested in stayed for the panel I wanted to be on that panel immediately fed to a roundtable discussion and then it just sort of rolled from there and the next thing I knew it was like. 5.30 and we were wrapping up for the day. Um, it was really, really good content. There, you know, a couple nits to pick and I'll be sending those in with my feedback form. But overall, uh, you know, the, the people who ran it the or moderated that particular track did an amazing job. Uh, really impressed. And the content was phenomenal. Um, so as, as usual, um, still miss doing it in person, really still miss doing it. In well, person. you know, that's yeah. life in the time of COVID. Yeah. And then Sergey stepped on the keyboard and, um, made the recording stop. So, um, anyway, day two of all things open, I kind of jumped around the different tracks. I, uh, went to a session on, um, distractions and productivity, which was like a lunchtime keynote. I was really fascinated and it was really, you know, really good stuff. Like 
we all work from home now, so you need to learn to set boundaries and you need to do so as a team and you need to build, you need to have that respect and, and, you know, here's what you can do to reduce distractions and here's, you know, this, that, and the other. It was really informative. Very well done. Um, some of it was stuff I already knew, like, um, I didn't realize the time had increased. So I, I'd always heard that when you're interrupted in the middle of something, it takes you about 15 minutes to get back on track. Mm -hmm. So any interruption is at minimum like the time it takes for the whole interruption itself plus 15 more minutes. And it turns out that's actually longer. It's actually closer to 23 minutes. And now the, I feel guilty about all of the times when you're working and I come in and I'm like, I need you to help me carry this extremely heavy object. It's not as bad in that sense, right? Because that's usually, in a way, that's a, I need to stop and take a break because if I don't, sometimes I will get into something and it'll be six hours later and I will have not left my chair. And again, eye strain, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's important for some of those interact that will force me into a break. Uh, but they were also saying that the average person uh, between things like uh, phone notifications and emails and et cetera, and et cetera, is interrupted something like 85 times a day. And I mean, sometimes those are interruptions on top of interruptions. So it may be you're in the middle of an, e an urgent email comes in and it interrupts you. And while you're there, you're going to check more emails. And then it still takes you another 23 minutes to get back on task. And then your wife comes in and is like, I need you to move this bookcase. If I'm already distracted, though, at that point, it's like, okay, my brain isn't completely in the space. When I was in the middle of making lunch today, you were like, hey, I have made an error in judgment. Can you help? And I'm like, that that one derailed me a little bit because I was halfway through making my salad. Yes, but in fairness, I had moved the bookcases in such a way that I had trapped myself at the top of the stairs. And Liz. Yes. Both of you at the top of the stairs. Uh, mistakes were made. Yep. And, uh, and and so after assessing the situation and uh, freeing Liz so that Liz could watch my food, yes, we we got them out. Yes. So that was that was the important part in all of that. Um, <laughs> but the whole idea is to to be able to say uh, you know the usual strategies. I talk about these a lot. Time blocking, right? Turn on do not disturb. Do not stay at work all day because you work from home. Turn on do not disturb. Carve some time out every day that is just for you and your family or so that you can do things that aren't work. Uh, it was a really good presentation. I'm waiting on a lot of these to come up in, you know, the, everything was recorded. So there will be videos for all of it eventually. Unlike previous years where it was in person and getting everything recorded is difficult. But oh, yeah. this yeah. time much better. Uh, there was one I went to for fun. Like most of the ones on the second day were like, well, this will apply to work. Like I went to one on, on version control and uh, the, you know, I went to one on. And then the slightly different panel two hours later on version control. No, it was on a very specific version control system. Oh, How... come on. That was funny. It was a good joke. I'm not saying it wasn't a good joke. Somewhere <laughs> there's somebody who is is laughing uproariously at it. I'm just sort of, Sergey, quit. No, you yeah. cannot push my laptop. For that one person laughing, laughing uproariously, I came up in the source safe minds. Funny story. Oh, God. I know the guys who wrote for source safe. 
the original version. I'm going to need a shovel, some black plastic bags, and an address. Well, the original... <laughs> Uh, was, also gloves. The original was called One Tree Source Safe. It was quick really good. Lime. It was the only thing that did what it did in more quick lime. Nineteen ninety. When did they do that? Ninety four ish. Ninety three. Ninety four. Address of a hog sewage lagoon. And it didn't become a festering horror until after they got bought out by Microsoft. Big hog sewage lagoon. So yeah. Um, to my friends, Larry, Brian, and Kenny, if you happen to be listening, just, like, refuse to identify yourself if you see me and Ursula and I say hi. Just don't say your name. No, it's okay. You can say your name. I've already forgotten. Okay, but, great. Uh, just great. never say you, never, you created yeah. SourceSafe. It's, yeah. uh, yeah. The, the DOS version that they originally produced was actually, like, great, because no one else did that. And then Microsoft bought them and ruined it. What but, I figure is that everybody knows that if the pigs eat someone, the hair and the teeth still pass through, which they've identified bodies from that. I figure, though, you dump a body in a hog sewage wet lagoon, and they're going to have to get somebody in a dive suit to get it. And at that point, they've earned that body. Do I need to go back and record a warning that says, warning, do not, you know... <laughs> Do not try this at home. We're not professionals, and that's illegal. I'm not suggesting anyone... Look, I'm a writer. I get to think of ways to murder people and hide the bodies. It's part of my job description. That's kind of fair. Anyway, um, I did go to a panel for fun. Yes. Uh, on the second day, and it was, in fact, a technical panel. It was called Dungeons, Dragons, and Graph Database. And it was using Dungeons and Dragons because the guy who's running it is, you know, GM, runs games, blah, blah, blah. He also works for a tech company like so many of us do. Serki, you're, you're fine. I'll move my fucking keyboard. Um, now he's happy. Uh, we'll but pet him. I, I have been in trying to distract him, and yet he still lays down and pushes my keyboard and hits buttons when he's not supposed to. Yes, you. Um, oh, God. Yeah, okay. Here you go. Anyway. Um, uh, so he was actually like using this this map database, which is a, a particular way of storing data and interrelating data, and then how you would essentially use one of these to build a dungeon, right? And I looked at it, and I'm like, yes, this is almost exactly what how a, a you know, the mud worked except and muds worked except instead of a giant text file with everything, it's an actual database. Uh, this is kind of cool anyway. Um, but it was, it was a great talk because of how he, he positioned it. And I immediately went out and followed him on Twitter and followed his GitHub repo. Cause it was pretty good. And, um, I followed a lot of people on Twitter. I would hear like a good keynote and it's like, follow, follow. Um, so yeah, that was, um, that was a, a big chunk of it. And of course, former guest, uh, VM brochure, was presenting on copyrights and licenses. And so I attended her talk because, uh, you know, support a friend, support a friend. Um, yeah. And it, it was really good. So yeah, that was, that's, that's been it. Uh, you know, now back to trying to learn a programming language and I might've just been handed my next sort of interim project until the really big one that I know I'm going to be on, um, 
it will be ready, which may be another couple months. So that's okay. There's a lot of work to do. Yes. Who's a Sergey? So that's, that's been, you know, my stuff. What? Um, yeah. So I have an interview. Yes. We yeah. should listen to the interview. It's, and it's, it's, it's with uh, a longtime friend of the various shows. Um, Sarah Glassman, Medusa's Mirror. Oh, yeah. Hi. Uh, who brought us a bunch of stuff at Con Carolinas. Yes. When you were a guest of honor. And was, is, was absolutely lovely at the bookstore that in, in uh, yep. Decatur, I want to say, where um, I fetched up once or twice. Alabama. Alabama? In Alabama. Okay. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. Not, Decatur. not Decatur. Okay. No. Different bookstore. Different bookstore. Something. Well, um. Or maybe I ran, maybe you came out to Decatur. I might have been, might have been, because um, anyway, th- uh, but she works at a Montessori school as an administrative assistant and sort of librarian. And so we had a, a sit down back in August um, in these COVID times to talk about how she stays productive. And Ooh. we'll have more about that right after this. Folks, I am here today with Sarah, who has contributed. This this finishes out the the trifecta. Uh, Sarah has contributed to all three of the podcasts we have produced now. So uh, very excited to complete the collection for Sarah today. Um, Sarah has graciously agreed to join us and talk about how she stays productive. So, Sarah, can you do a much better job of introducing yourself? <laughs> And, uh, uh, you know, tell us what you do. Sure. So I am Sarah Glassman. I am now, I believe, your second Birmingham, Alabama interview. Um, I think so. Which is also a distinction, I guess. (laughs) I am a school librarian slash admin assistant. I am a PA to an author, and I am a small business owner. I make jewelry. So So, that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) author and small business owner. And so you've got like a lot going on there. Yes. Uh, and and so how do you keep that like how do you keep that organized? Just in yeah. Have you ever seen the like performers who have all the plates up in the air and they're always about to fall down but they don't quite do it? Uh, it's a lot like that. <laughs> I know nothing about this methodology. Uh, <laughs> There's lots of plates spinning in the air, and I run from one and give it a spin, and then run to another one and give it a spin. Yeah. Um, there is probably a much more efficient way to do it, but that is uh, the way I manage for the moment. 
you know, some people can do that and some people can't. Uh, in my case, uh, if I try to do that too much or with too many things, the whole thing falls apart and I end up, you know, in a corner uh, trying not to cry. So, yes, yeah. I, I, I am about at my plate limit, uh, mm-hmm. which oddly enough makes me a little bit glad that some events have been canceled because I don't have another plate that got right. added. Right, right, so. right. Um, so how do you keep track of the plates other than, oh, God, that one's falling? <laughs> there is some of that. Uh, uh-huh. Alerts do happen when there's about to be an emergency. But I use a combination of um, the Google Suite and a bullet journal. So those okay. are the main things. With work, obviously, it's a lot of things show up in my inbox and then I have to deal with them. But um, the big things that I know are coming, mm-hmm. like school starting tomorrow, Ooh, are on yeah. my calendar. <laughs> Ooh, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's going to be fun. Um, but for the most part, personal stuff and stuff for the non-salaried position goes in the bullet journal. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have Habitica. That tends to be a little bit more personal because if I slack off there, it's not as big of a deal. Um, and then the big work stuff for the paid job goes into the email. Unfortunately, we are a Microsoft off environment at work, um, which really annoys me because (laughs) I like Google. We also have Chromebooks in the classroom, Okay, but we're a Microsoft environment, even though we're now using Google Classroom whatever. I didn't set it up and I couldn't have set it up. So we'll work with what we've got. Yep. 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 Um, there's, there's word <laughs> that Chromebooks will be able to support windows applications soon. So they nice. already support Linux applications. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's just like the, the Chrome OS is just like, what do you need? Right? <laughs> what do you need? Yeah. We got you. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, as, as I understand it, it's coming now. The Outlook client is a beast. So yes. <laughs> I don't know how, how that will work, but um, <laughs> it's, it's just been interesting to watch. Um, yes. And I got to say, after two jobs ago where we made the big shift from the old Microsoft web interface to the new <laughs> Microsoft web interface, it's actually kind of nice. It's not as good as Google, but it's, it's actually kind of nice. Yeah. It's so, funny. Yeah. There's, it's not terrible. And, you know, I've, I've used mm-hmm. Microsoft products by my whole computing life, but I know how to do things in Google and then work will be like, Hey, we need this. And it's like, Oh, how do I, how do I make the Microsoft go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For Google, I could just do this, this, and this. Yeah. But it's not, quite the same so it's that sort of like i have it's almost a muscle memory that doesn't quite work mm-hmm. uh, so. yeah yeah um the only one that usually gets me on the regular is the difference in uh hotkeys from yes os to os so if i've been working on my linux box it's one key combination to cut and paste on my Macs, it's another and on windows mm-hmm. it may or may not be the same depending on which yes. keyboard i'm using um as either mac or or Linux, and it's just like, oh, come on, guys. Come on. Um, yes. So there's all that. 
Um, so when we talk about like uh, uh, Google Calendar and Outlook and and the not work stuff versus the work stuff, how do you like? I'm not going to say determine the two because it's pretty obvious how you determine what goes where. Um, yes. But like, do you block things out for time? Do you just have a rolling to do? How do you? I mean, this this really dovetails into the into the um, what habits and systems are are useful to you, or, or do you find valuable? Um, but you know, I'm kind of curious as to how it all how it all fits together. It's sort of a paisley of time. Um, <laughs> it's it's not so much boxed out neatly. Uh, mm-hmm. I do have the flexibility when I'm at the day job to grab something if. You know, I got an email for the author mm-hmm. um, that I really need to respond to in a timely fashion. I have the flexibility to do that. You know, right. we have enough downtime. I have time in between classes um, mm-hmm. or when I'm just at doing computing tasks up in the office. Um, so a lot of it's put out the fires as they come in. Right. But then there are some very hard boxed things like I read to students at this time. <laughs> there is right. no flexibility on that because 34 year olds are about to show up. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> to be fair, I, so I teach at a Montessori or I'm the librarian at a Montessori school. So mm-hmm. it's not 34 year olds. It's 33 to five year olds. Okay. Well, that's, we have mixed yeah. age classrooms. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But, um, but usually it's just sort of, again, jump from plate to plate when one, the momentum on one is slowing down, mm-hmm. uh, run over and give it a spin and then run back to something else. So work, day job stuff is pretty easy. It's, I have a schedule of things that must happen at certain times. Mm-hmm. And then I respond to things as they come in from the teachers or um, my immediate bosses or the office manager or what have you. Right. So as the admin assistant, I'm just sort of the general troubleshooter. So for anything from, Hey, this classroom is, is short a person. Can you run snack to them? To <laughs> our online store has crashed. Can you Google that and figure out what's going on? Right. Right. So, and then for off day job hours, uh, it's a, a running to do list. Okay. Which, um, Hi, orange, yeah. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. Yes. You've been fed. I don't know why you're, you're all, all, oh, uh, you're, oh, you're just mad. I'm, I'm using the laptop and you can't. Um, yeah. And so the bullet journal works really well for a running to-do list. Yes. Yes. And I have, um, mine is a bit of a mess cause I use it for a lot of things, taking notes in lectures that I um, go to in my free time or the running to-do list, but, uh, it has a lot of ribbons. So I just sort of rotate ribbons as, as the thing that I'm going to need to refer to moves along. Yeah. I honestly, I, I respect messy bullet journals. <laughs> um, not that I don't appreciate the, I have created the perfect layout that does all of these things and it works for me. Uh, but I also really appreciate the look. I'm just drawing some lines and throwing stuff in yes. there where it needs to be. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm not a super artist. I don't need templates. I, I don't need all this fancy stuff. I just need a box with numbers in yeah. it. 
Yeah. I, I tried a couple, but I am I am not a 2D artist, and I, it just <laughs> made me mad that, you know, I wasn't getting Jen Lyons' amazing spread with the bee. Um, right. I was getting, right. like, a stick figure, but not a cute stick figure, just a sort of crumpled-looking stick figure. So I gave up and just went to, to lists and yeah. things like that. Yeah, and I, I think... I still think that the the cult of the pretty bullet journal is, and it is totally a cult. Oh, um, it is. Yeah, um, is probably a barrier to entry for or, or uh, a discouragement for a lot of people who who don't have the skills to put all that together that would really get value out of the base system. Yes. Yeah. I, I have um, a lot of notebook anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't want to spoil the notebook. <laughs> um, and I actually brought something, um, that, that I'm going to ask the listeners to help me with because I have, and Kevin is the only one who can see it. I have this. Oh my God. That's, that's, this that's... is a handbound, yep, embossed leather notebook with clasps. The, the, it is, it, this is, this is, oh my, On my, board. my, my little goth heart is pitter-pattering over that book. Yes. Um, so one of my very good friends went to, through a book arts program mm-hmm. in, when we were both in grad school. And I had some extra money. So I bought her the side of cowhide for her <laughs> other projects if she would make me this book. Right. I've been out of grad school a very long time, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I haven't put anything in this book yet. Because I'm afraid it will be the wrong thing. Oh. And I don't want to disrespect the notebook. I, I Do I have them on the shelf I can reach? No, I do not. I have several like that. That I would yes. just be at a con, and here is this beautiful, probably impractical, um, you know, leather-covered. Now, yes. it isn't quite the hand-bound with the with the you know the heavy duty covers built in it's like a hand tooled cover that goes over a notebook of a certain size like the beautiful oberon ones and things like that i have at least two oberons yes um maybe have one too (laughs) um i cannot bring myself to use them i have not been able to bring myself to use them terrible but so i want the listeners to help me figure out what to do with this notebook because at this point, I've been keeping it for over 20 years, and it needs to be used because that's it's wrong to not use it. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, all right, let me make a note but on that one. A bu- not a bullet journal. <laughs> it needs to be something better than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And it's beautiful. You, you totally need to post photos of that one. I will. When, I when will. This, and I'll, I'll post links happened. to her, um, her Patreon and stuff, too. Okay. That would be awesome. Yes, because um, because it's gorgeous. It's it is yeah, and I, I I understand. Like I know with the Oberon covers, I can put other things in them, right? Yes, it's not a one and done like that one is. But I still there's this just this barrier of like this is a beautiful cover. To be worth the cover. Yeah, you can't put like a shopping list in a cover with this amazing like willow tree embossed in it. Like that's no. I wonder if I mean, you the, could. I was going to say, I, I'm suddenly going, I wonder if it's the right size for the rocket book executive. That okay. would be interesting. Cause the, the, well here, the, 
ah, the default cover, <laughs> it's, it's like really thin, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's just the Rocketbook reusable, but you can't actually see that when I hold it at that <laughs> angle. Um, but I, you know, it's like, I feel like it's almost too minimalist designed around the idea that, you know, you're just going to erase everything in there. It feels very transient, which is okay because it's a rocket book, but it doesn't feel very, it, it, there, it doesn't carry enough an weight. Import, yes. Yeah. There's an importance that physical weight can lend things. Yeah. Um, I, I have that problem with books too. I, I know that, that you and Ursula both use the Kindle a lot. I, I try with eBooks, but I was also a bookseller for 11 years. Yeah. So yeah. there's something about, I know if it's important enough, I need to be able to hold it. Uh, uh, but there's also the trade-off of we're going to be on an airplane 17 hours each way. And I'm reading the entire um, uh, black uh, company library of the black yes. company, which is what? 14 books now. Yeah. I, like, yeah. um, when I when I flew a lot, I would essentially pack an entire carry-on of paperbacks that I just left behind as I finished them in seat pockets. <laughs> um, and when I was at the bookstore, it was really easy because I could use the stripped covers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and I wouldn't feel really bad about leaving them. But I would leave, you know, perfectly usable books behind because... I was going to buy more. <laughs> yeah. There's no world in which I go somewhere and don't go to a bookstore. <laughs> so I had to make room. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and stripped, I, I have such a love hate relationship with stripped covers. I do too. You know, it, although I will say after going through the first, we have 7,000 copies of, whatever they're making kids read in school this month. Yeah. And I just want them to go away. You kind of get over that. I can't destroy a book. It's like, no, this one I can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's part of the, the, the love part of it. It's like, yes, yes I understand over, overstock exists. And I, I understand that there are sort of valid reasons. Um, and yeah, I know. And I do sort of love going to a thrift store where there are stripped cover books because I know those books have basically yeah. been paid for and written off. And so I, I do feel a little bad about taking money from the author, but the author, would the author have gotten paid for stripped cover? I don't no. know. No. Okay. No. Yeah. So that's where the hate part comes into it because the author doesn't get paid for them. Mm -hmm. Um, selling reselling them like that is blatantly illegal yes and putting them in something like a little free library is a little bit fuzzier technically we are supposed or they i don't work at the bookstore anymore right. are supposed to destroy them like you yeah, sign a thing yeah. saying that these will not be passed on anywhere but you know if you happen to like drop them in a donation thing yeah or i mean you know and i know there are people out there who are probably there, there are unscrupulous people who are waiting for stripped book cover day and to watch for those boxes to just go in the dumpster. Yeah. You know, um, personally, I think they should be shredded and recycled if you're going to do anything with them. But Yes, shredding know. books is hard, though, because of the glues. Um, uh, yeah. 
it's yeah. it's hard to find a facility that's willing to do it. <laughs> so, uh, you've never worked in IT where you have facilities that will shred hard drives. No, yeah. no, I haven't. We did have a tech company, but they were like, but we don't do paper. What? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting. I don't feel as bad about the the stripped cover sort of black market as I do mm-hmm. the ARCs. When I see ARCs in the wild, I get really twitchy. If it's something like it, the book's been out for three years and it's in a little free library, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if it's like in a resale shop or something like that, I get really, really twitchy about that. Or like the day before the novel's coming out, the ARC shows up on eBay or Amazon. Oh, for, oh. Yeah, that that one. that one's literally taking money from my wife, as it were. Yes. And, and very unscrupulous. Yeah. And the thing is, I know what the the affidavits that you have to sign to get those look like. I mean, like, there there are some scary things that have come out about, like, you will not crack open this box of Harry Potter books early, and you will not, like, take this Stephen King advanced reader copy out of the building. Yeah. You know. Meanwhile, the author has, like, two boxes of 50 that they're just <laughs> like... Like, oh, hey, you, you, hey, mail lady, here, take one. Um, yeah. UPS guy, uh, who I've never met before, take one. Yes, oh. we, we built forts out of the ones Drew got for his book. Drew being the author that I, that I assist. Yeah, um, um, uh, when you work for a major publisher, it's not even bought. They just shove them at you. Like, yes. I think Ursula got an email, and it's like, so, hey, we have um, – leftover arcs from uh, one of the dragon breath books do you want them and she's like uh and they're like great they'll be at your house on thursday (laughs) they're just taking up space for us we're like yeah can we technically sell these i don't know um yeah we um our sales reps would do a lot of like do you know a school librarian who might could use these as a classroom set it's like yes i do yes yeah we did a lot of that Mm -hmm. so because we still had traveling sales reps which was amazing so they, they just had SUVs full of books. And it's like, can I just live in your, the back of your car? That'd be great. Yeah, no, I think that that still, uh, that still happens. And they're, then they're the people who still do, like, not the scholastics, but, like, the mm-hmm. people who do the just traveling book fairs. Yes. School to school to school. Uh, usually private school or, or monasteries yep. or, or charter schools. Um, and I'm just like, you load all of this into the back of your... Winnebago and or whatever yeah. or your U-Haul and you just go places and I'm I'm sort of jealous. Um, I understand you're eating nothing but you know <laughs> Slim Jims and Diet Coke, but jealous. <laughs> yes. Have you seen the Penguin Bookmobile that like actually is like a little shop? I have not. Ursula apparently has seen it at shows because she is a she was a Penguin yes. author. So yes. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I'm also support your indie booksellers. They're doing, yes, they're doing do. God's work. Yeah. If you're in Birmingham, mm-hmm. little professor. What was that? I said, if you're in Birmingham, little professor book center, that's the one I worked at for 11 years. Oh, I'm making a note of that. Do they have a website? <laughs> they do. It's, I think it used to be a little professor back when I set it up. I think it, that's still correct. Cool. But if you Google Little Professor in Birmingham, it'll come up. Yes. I, that's, that's, 
nine times out of 10, if, if the person I'm talking to doesn't send me the links, I spend the day before when I'm preparing the post, sometimes the three <laughs> hours before, just Googling all this stuff we talk about. And All right, yeah. so that's the thing and link and thing and link. And a couple times I'm like, this is not what we talked about. And I'm like three pages in before I find it. <laughs> Got I'm really to keep good at, a running list yeah. so I can send you any links that I mention. <laughs> Are you putting that in your bullet journal? I am putting it in my bullet journal, which, by the way, oh, has nice. a Summer and Orcas sticker on the front. Orcas. Yep, I, I have one on my laptop. I have one on my iPad, wherever my iPad is at the moment. Um, I think I have one in my file effects on one of the, the dividers. Um, I haven't put anything on the Rocketbook stuff yet. So, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. one advantage to cheap notebooks you can put stickers on the covers yeah or or even with reusables not only can you put stickers on the covers but like it's oh i have monthly divider tabs and they always are blank yes so stickers and here you know it's like your five subject notebook divider tab that's yeah. like the only thing that's important <laughs> is the tab the rest of it is like draw on it put stickers on it whatever right man. yeah all right, so I have to ask, what pen are you using? Um, currently, I'm using primarily uh, the Pilot Frictions. Okay. Um, one, because um, using a fountain pen when doing this, <laughs> my hands come out like marked, like my pinky is covered in black ink. Yes. Things get smudged. Um, and this notebook, at least, stays in a climate-controlled environment. If this notebook were going to go in the car or something like that, I probably wouldn't use use them because at, what is it, 140 degrees Fahrenheit is when the ink erases, quote-unquote. Right. Um, I mean, you can always put it in the freezer because once it's <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the freezer, the, the ink comes back. Uh, but, Interesting. Yeah, um, and I'm, I know that with the rocket books, the new material is like you're actually wiping off the ink. So it's sort of like a whiteboard with it. I haven't tried putting it into a freezer to see if stuff comes back yet. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's not that I don't love my fountain pens and don't use them. It's um, just that for stuff like this, Right. This is not uh, the ideal use case. Not the ideal use case. And uh, I, I really like these pens. I, I'm <laughs> really pleased with them. I, I was talking to, I forget who it was, um, uh, an interview. By the time this airs, you will have heard it. And I was, or maybe it was on Twitter, and I was like, I want a fountain pen with the friction ink. Ooh. Right. That would be just, that's like, that would be just awesome. Um, yeah. But it's a thicker gel, so I don't know how that works. Right. I don't know if it would flow. And well, more importantly is that one of the things about fountain pen ink is it's getting a little bit of absorption and the gel is actually sitting on top of the paper. Right. Right. You could probably do it with a dip pen. Probably. Probably. I've never used dip pens. So uh, there, therein lies a path to madness that I'm also afraid of. <laughs> fancy glass pens because I have some of the inks that have the like gold particles in them. Oh yeah. And stuff and they clog my fountain pens, but they look amazing coming off of one of the glass pens. But they're a little they're a little clumsy. Yeah. They're not, you know, the super elegant like calligraphy dip pens. Yeah, but it it all depends on what you're doing. Yeah. Right? And honestly for quick notes and things using the um the frictions are great 
because uh, if it runs out in the middle of a thing, I've got like three more. <laughs> and I mean, I yes. have like three more fountain pens, obviously ready to go. But then it's like, oh God, what what ink is in this one? Is it? It's not that it has to match. It's just, is this the right ink for the paper? Right. Um, right. Yeah. And my favorite, now I'm going to show off a little bit. You have opened the can Yay. of worms. Yeah. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Oh, I see. I see. This one <laughs> is, is my current uh, favorite. This is the, um, uh, the Echo, the TW SBI Echo. See if I can get it. Yeah. So the entire shaft is ink. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I got oh. the clear one so I could see it, obviously. Um, <laughs> but it also includes all the tools to take it completely apart. So that when you clean it, you can clean it. Oh, wow. That's like, nice. Top to bottom, end to end. If something clogs, if something stops working, you can repair it yourself. Parts are easy. I mean, I still have my love for my all-black Lammy with the black nib and the black ink. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the ever-present uh, pilot vanishing point, extra fine. Because nice. who, who doesn't want a, p- a pen that's a clicker? It's also a fountain pen. That's amazing. I don't have one of those yet. Yeah. But it's Um, on my list. Oh, there. uh, I I love the fountain. The the Pilot Pilot makes really quality stuff. They do. And the more I I use other things, the more I'm like, why don't I just use, why don't I just find the equivalent of Pilot? Because I know it's going to be exactly (laughs) what I want uh, without having to you know, uh, think too hard about it. Um, yeah. and it, they I start screwing these. up. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's the pilot, um, Kakuno. It's like oh. a $10 fountain pen. Yeah. But, you know, it's perfectly nice. Um, they're like a good, somebody's interested in fountain pens. Let me get them, you know, an inexpensive gift to see if they like them. See, I use the varsities for that. Too. Yeah. Um, and then I found these, and they they came in pastel caps. Oh well, pastel caps. Yes. You know, I I I buy them. I nine times out of ten when I'm using pens, um, it's just black ink. Period. Exclamation point. I I I only use colors for highlighters. Interesting. Yeah. Um, mine. I think all of my fountain pens are inked in a different color right now. Yeah, and and I just can't get to that level of excuse me tiny orange i just need the piece of paper you were laying down on you're fine you can go back to the no you're going to go the piece the piece of paper thank you dear yeah now no okay okay so um i have gotten us off on a tangent that's fine I'm, i'm okay with that um and and now i'm going to be on jet pens later looking at more pilot pens. Um, Sorry, and yeah. you're welcome. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I I was uh, I was talking to somebody, or no, it was um, Ursula was was asking um, yesterday. Uh, by the way, we're recording this in I guess middle of August. Um, yes. And Howard Taylor had the thread about how he has started tracking his time using a calendar, using his calendar app because Schlock Mercenaries over his primary quote unquote job is changing because he doesn't have to sit down and write comics every day. And so right. now he's tracking what he's doing on a daily basis. Cause he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And Ursula's like, 
is there an app for this that isn't the calendar? I'm like, <laughs> you know, you could just use paper. Um, here's the, you know, here's a really good notebook. She's like, what is this? The, the, you know, the stone age. And I'm like, I see how it is. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we, uh, and I'm sure by now we've talked about it on an episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, I mean, by the time this airs, we'll have talked about it on an episode. So I'm sort of projecting um, to the to the to my future what will be the listeners' past at this point. And I may have been watching too much of uh, Netflix's Dark because now I've confused myself with that. <laughs> um, yes. Anytime you start talking about time streams. Oh boy, and. Uh, it's like I enjoy it, but it confuses me so much. And we just finished the first season. And on the one hand, it's brilliant. On the other hand, I then went through and read a, a, a summary of the first season. And then I had to go look up timelines of the interconnectedness of all three <laughs> seasons that are supposed to be spoilery. And I'm still confused. And I'm, yes. like, I'm like, either this is going to be brilliant in the end, or I'm going to want to fly to Germany to find a, find a writer. And have words um, when the pandemic's over. Can't leave. Can't leave yes. the U.S. till the pandemic's over. Yes, I have not so. seen the show, but I do blame it for how my long-running D and D campaign ended. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had the option to go back in time, and because of that show, people were like, "No, no, no, no messing with time. We'll just fight now." I, I was going to say, so, to still um, to this day, I think the best time travel well the second best time travel second best time travel show um dark may be the second best um in in my opinion uh the first is still the 12 monkeys tv series okay because it went through a whole like at the end of the first season it's like all right we did the thing and then the start of the second season it's like lots of subtle changes have happened. You've modified the time stream, but you didn't necessarily change the big view. You've just changed a lot of little things through the line. So it, it would show in quote unquote real time changes actually happening and people f- forgetting things because you change it so that something could happen. I mean, it was, it took a little, like by the time you get to the end, the end season, you're like asking yourself, they, this is so tightly plotted. They ha- like whoever wrote the series guide for this either knew exactly what it was doing or was just jumping off without a parachute. Yeah. Because it was so interconnected and so intricate and they actually managed to close up every single storyline. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was I mean it was that tight that you know in second season in in fourth season you've got things that were alluded to in first season in you know, something that might have felt like an offhand remark in third season is a major plot point to resolve everything in the final season. And I was oh, wow. really impressed. Yeah. I always wonder with authors, like, did mm-hmm. you plan that? Or were you just like, I need a thing. Oh, hey, here's a random remark. We'll, we'll make it that thing. And that all depends on the author. Yeah. 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 Ur- Ursula is fond of sprinkling little things just, in in her manuscripts and then it's like aha i have a thing i can use back here i mean yeah a couple of the plot points in digger were not originally scripted as plot points Mm -hmm. they were just sort of 
um, I might need this later. And so, um, and, and some authors, they need that big, here's how everything interrelates and here's what I'm building towards. Some authors are just like, oh, crap, let's see if past me was smarter than present me. Yes. You know, um, anyway. So we were talking about systems and habits. Yes, we were. <laughs> and now you can see why I don't do so well at having an organized system and I just run from fire to fire. Right, 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 right. Because right. I get distracted really easily. But it's always entertaining. Yeah, no, that's that's the important thing as long as it's entertaining. If it's not entertaining, then, you know, the, the distraction wasn't worth it. Yeah. So, so um, as many of the people on the show do, I, I have the ADD. Um, I am diagnosed but not medicated because getting the medication was too much effort for yeah. somebody with ADD. Um, but, uh, so that's the, the, like, adrenaline burst mm-hmm. of, like, oh, gosh, I have to deal with this right now, uh, tends to be one of the things that gets me through. And I've just sort of worked that into my system, which is probably not the best thing, but you work with what you've got. Uh, yeah, everybody has their own coping mechanisms, uh, whether they are medicated or not. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Ursula, Ursula's having to relearn things. Yes. Um, because she is now getting actual treatment. Um, I love how Bo Bolander was just like, I take my pill. That is my entire system. I take my pill and then I can do everything else. Um, So, uh, but you know, there's a lot of different ways to to cope that aren't Mm -hmm. just medicine. It's just that the medicine can help so much if you, if you can take it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, then, I guess that means this is where it gets exciting. Um, <laughs> you know, how do you choose what to do first on a given day or, or, or daily, You like your daily start your day routine? So on days that I actually go into the office, that's mm-hmm. pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, get up deal with all the animals i like you guys live on the island of misfit pets yeah so there's a lot of animals to deal with here um and then i go to work and at the moment that then means i chase down people and take their temperatures um right so you know building safety is is sort of the first step of my day at the moment but normally Mm -hmm. it would be Log in, get everything ready, get the doors unlocked, um, get ready for kids mm-hmm. to show up, and then start triaging emails that came in after I left. Right. Um, for me, that's not usually too much. I'm, you know, three levels down at a school that only has about 250 students. So um, it's generally, oh, can you fix this thing in our attendance app? Can you you know, check and see if you have this book in the library. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we reschedule story time? (laughs) Um, But then occasionally it's things like, oh, hey, the credit card was maxed out. So the tents you ordered aren't coming. Got to deal with that. Oh, okay, great. You know, like that's not hard. It's just switch it to another card. But if I don't do it, then we don't have outdoor spaces when we need them. mm -hmm. Um. So things like that. And then once the basics have happened, it's roll through the schedule and fit in 
everything else as as I can. Very noisy motorcycle. Um, around my my library tasks, which this right. fall will look very different because the library is closed. We, yeah. we do have on-site students, but we're not using communal spaces like the library. Um, so I'll be doing a lot more um, email stuff and admin stuff and a little less uh, library time. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's going to be a really interesting. Um, will some of the library resources, and I totally mean books, um, <laughs> still be available for things like checkout or, or lending, and I understand why maybe not. Yeah, uh, our current plan is no, mm-hmm. at least to start with. Um, books are really hard to sanitize. Yeah. Um, and library books especially tend to get passed around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it doesn't take that long for a student to read a graphic novel. So then they hand it to their friend who right. hands it to their friend. And then eventually it makes it back to me. Um, so for the moment, the library is pretty much closed to students completely. Mm-hmm. Um, teachers will have the, the ability to request resources if they need it for projects or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, our school starts at toddler and goes all the way up to eighth grade. Okay. So, you know, we will have teachers borrowing books for story time at the younger years yeah. and potentially, you know, special interest projects at the older years. Um, but the students will not have access, at least to start off with. Right. And yeah, it's not like you need to, for this school at least, order in, I don't know, 300 copies of Wuthering Heights so that a classroom right. can do a, a thing on Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Right. Um, we... We don't have full class book reads, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, it's usually you choose one of five or one of three because um, we do a lot more small group discussions. Yeah, which yeah, I and it's nice. And uh, it's it's much more it it's it's the methodology of Montessori versus traditional education right. uh, versus yeah. So, like um, you will you will achieve the same lessons, but you can do it in in ways that are more comfortable to you. Um, yes. And uh, uh, also very different from the Waldorf schools. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and I do think being in, in the Montessori environment for several years now has, has changed a lot of the way that I organize because, you know, y'all have talked about it before. There is no one true way. Mm-hmm. But now I've seen there's not even one true way to teach a four-year-old math. Right. Like there's there's different options. Oh, wait, if we can do that with classes, then I can probably do that with how I manage my life. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about the days you're not in the office? So days that I'm not in the office are a lot more relaxed. Um, but I still have a lot to do. I have jewelry to get made if I'm going to a show or to load mm-hmm. up onto my Etsy. Um, depending on the season, I have stuff to do for Drew. Right. Um, you know, he is a an adult sci-fi author, so he doesn't have, you know, the book circuit to deal, the, the school mm-hmm. circuit to deal with, but... Um, you know, there may be conventions or interviews, um, or Reddit AMAs or what have you, um, to get scheduled and tell him 
where he needs to be when um he is not a an outgoing person in general so there's a lot of just tell me where to be when and i'll do it um so kind of familiar with that yeah yeah (laughs) sort of like crawling back home at the end of a tour is is very familiar oh yeah too familiar Um, honestly (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah He's very amiable about it uh, mm-hmm. in the same way that Ursula is like, okay, if this is what you need me to do. I'll do it. Um, so non, non-school days normally mm-hmm. are get up, deal with the animals again, because that always has to happen. That's constant. Yep. Yes. Um, if it's a Saturday, that means I have to feed the snake, uh, which is an extra step that I don't take the rest of the week. Um, Okay. I so I have a corn snake. He is supposed to be the library pet. Oh. I got him in January. You see the problem with this. Yeah. Uh, so the last day of school in the spring was March 13th. So Wallace has lived with me. He's actually right there. Um <laughs> just off camera. Just off camera. Um so he lives with me now. <laughs> so his 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 care is is fed into the the home routine instead of the school routine now. Right, right. Um, and then I get to sit down, and on Saturdays I get to have like breakfast and not worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Then once breakfast is done, I have to start looking at emails and see if anything has come in. Um, if it has, go through that. If it hasn't, then I can I can fit in some video game time. Mm-hmm. Um. And then usually I'll, in the afternoons, I'll try to get some, some product made for the store. Um, yeah. Which the, the art side of things is more of a hobby. It is a business, but it is not something that I'm relying on for a major source of income. It's, I make the things that appeal to me. Um, is it one of those, I, uh, it turns out I have this hobby that I really enjoy. Let's see if I can make money at it. To an extent, it sort of let me see if I can pay for my supplies. Okay, yeah. Um, and I do these the sci-fi convention circuit, art shows, mm-hmm. and and vendor halls. Um, and so that also gives me a good reason to go visit all my friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a business expense. <laughs> hey. Um, I have to go to, to Jordan Con or uh, Dragon Con because, you know. Uh, World Con's in DC next year. I do not to Dragon Con. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, maybe we'll see. Never made it. I have never made it to a World Con because it's so close to Dragon Con, and Dragon uh, Con is my home convention because I'm in Birmingham. It's in Atlanta. Right. Um, but I'm I'm eyeballing DC or Chicago because those I can get to those. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, Chicago. I'm I'm not sure about dates, but they tend to I believe like Labor Day, which is the same weekend as Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, uh, I, I haven't looked recently at the dates for DC. Yeah. Um, I think DC is either a week or two earlier. Yeah. I think it's a little bit ahead. Um, granted, we don't really know what conventions are going to look like next year, but yeah, or, or, hopefully we'll be 
be back to something. I, I actually think I will probably give Dragon Con a miss for a couple of years. That's a very big convention. I, it, yeah, if somebody were like, all right, you, do you guys want to come guess at uh, San Diego Comic-Con in 2020? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Dragon Con, nope. nope. Um, I'm hoping, like, I, I am staff. I am, uh, 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 I work part of the, the security yeah. safety group at MAGFest, which is almost as big as San Diego Comic-Con or Dragon Con. It's 20,000 right. people. Um, plus everything that goes with those 20,000 attendees. Um, yeah. Okay, it's, it's Dragon Con 10 years ago. Um, in terms of <laughs> yes, size. Dragon Con about when I started going. Yeah. Um, um, and I, if they say, hey, we're having the convention, are you, uh, can we count on you guys uh, as staff? Um, there's a good possibility I'm going to look at them and laugh uproariously. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I don't, I don't know how we could make it safe. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, just looking at the logistics of how do we bring a very small school's worth of people mm-hmm. back? Um, I, there's just, I can't see it happening. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, we've been trying to control traffic flow for years <laughs> at conventions and it doesn't happen. Right. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, kind of lucky you, um, did, did the closures since I work on the theory that you didn't go into the office once the, once the closures sort of started in terms of the physical locations, um, how did that change your daily routine in March and April? So were you just furloughed? No, I, okay. I actually was not furloughed. Um, we, we managed not to furlough any of our full-time staff, nice. um, yeah. which we, we pivoted to try to do an online option for mm-hmm. all grade levels, uh, which is interesting at the toddler level. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, we, we sort of became like Sesame Street in a mm-hmm. sense. Like, here's the thing, like, we're, you know, sing the song with your teachers. <laughs> Um, but we did our best and I kept up a daily, um, story time stream. Okay. A lot of publishers very, very generously offered essentially free streaming rights to educa- educators, oh. um, for things like storybooks and picture books. Um, it mm-hmm. got a little trickier if you wanted to do a chapter book. Um, essentially you could do that as long as it was a closed environment, like, um, for my five-year-olds, we were actually reading a hamster princess book <laughs> when everything shut down. Um, so we finished that out over Zoom. So mm-hmm. it was password protected. It wasn't public. Right. Um, right. So, but but Penguin Random House, Scholastic, everybody, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much set out ways that the teachers could do this. So I was doing um, picture book streams and mm-hmm. a copyright-free chapter book. Okay on our Facebook and mm-hmm. then I had the zoom once a week for the chapter books that we were reading in the class. Right. Um, right. So I would, that was usually the beginning of my day, which was later than normal. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, starting at seven, I was starting at like nine thirty, Um, and then I would triage emails and things after that. And there was a lot of, um, a lot of email coming through because we weren't in the office to tell people each other things. We were, yeah. We were having to just send emails back and forth. Um, I also ended up getting quarantined uh, the first two weeks, Ooh. which was exciting. Um, I had an 
a possible exposure uh, the very last day that we were doing oh. anything. <laughs> and so uh, we were all fine. Um, he probably had actually gotten it right after we saw him, mm-hmm. but um, we were finishing a D&D campaign, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I was locked in the house for two weeks. So I was actually very excited when emails came. <laughs> I was like, oh, something new. What can I do? Yes, let me right. do that. Right, right, right. Because um, those and like my grocery delivery were the, the high points of my day. No, no, you have to leave it at the end of the driveway and let me yeah. put on my hazmat suit. And yeah. Yes, like, can you just like catapult it into the yard? That'd be great. Don't worry about the eggs. They're, they're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. So. Um. So it wow. was, yeah, yeah. It was a less frantic day, but um, but there was more volume, oddly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we actually went back to campus starting June first with mm-hmm. our preschool program. Um, much reduced. We yeah. had about 10, 10 kids per class. Um, so I've been back at work every day since June first. Yeah, because if uh, that's a big resource for the parents as well. Yes, yes. And with, you know, being a private school, we Mm -hmm. have a lot of doctors and um, first responders and things like that. So folks who really had to have somewhere to to send their kids. Yeah. um, Because they were back at work, too. And and even then, I I feel for the people who, who... just weren't al- who weren't allowed to even uh, take time off and and adapt. Yes, right. There's yes. there's a lot of that. Um, so who then suddenly had no childcare and all that. Yeah. 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 We and saw pre- a lot of like homeschool pods being formed. Like, okay, I know you guys haven't gone anywhere. One of the parents doesn't have to work. So how many? You know, can you watch three of the kids? Yeah. Um, or uh, I know we've got a couple people at, at my job who um, uh, trade shifts yeah. with their partner or, or, you know, they've got like, well, it's my day, it's their day, so I'm not as responsive mm-hmm. today. And, you know, we got lucky. We have a very generous policy to help with that. But we're also a tech company, so it's a lot easier. Right. And it's not like we have to leave the house. Yeah. Not like any we of us really see... left the house beforehand. It's <laughs> We did see a lot of the the tech stuff here in town mm-hmm. um, switch to more of that kind of thing. Like we have a big regions customer service center, um, yeah. and they pretty much went: if you can do remote, you're remote. If you can't, you're on a week, off a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw a lot of that kind of thing where where you could. Yeah, um, and there's a surprising amount of tech in Alabama overall. Mm-hmm. Um, there is mostly because of NASA. Yes, yeah. yes. Huntsville, um, Huntsville has the good internet. Uh, <laughs> we're we're trying slowly to drag it south to us, right? Um, but but yeah, Birmingham is kind of an up and coming mm-hmm. place to be. Like our property values are still low enough that you can afford to live here. Um, I mean, except we're, that we're it's, dragging new yeah. new stuff in. I mean, except that it's Alabama. It is Alabama. Um, there are there are issues with that. Yeah. Um, I I don't know that I would live here if I hadn't been born here. Um, That's fair. But That's fair. 
Um, but if everybody leaves, then it doesn't get better. So no, no, it's and, that kind of like and, I and, just by existing here. Yeah, and with I, my I ha- bumper stickers and everything. And and despite all of that, um, the few times I've been in Alabama, um, particularly Mobile, which is by all accounts a special place on its own. Um, yes, but. Uh, the people were pleasant um, across the board. uh, And, you know, um, I did get stuck in the mobile airport during a line of thunderstorms with its three gates and one bar in 1990 something. So I, I, yeah, well, but it was okay because I sat there and got drunk with three federal marshals, the VP of a diamond company and a state trooper from Florida. So it was, made the best of it my mom was like that yeah she would like have the weirdest travel experiences and be like oh yeah this is a federal marshal and the prisoner he's transporting and here are two filmmakers from st petersburg russia who've invited us to stay in their apartment if we ever make it <laughs> i was gone 10 minutes what yeah you and ursula would have a lot to talk about i think <laughs> um yeah so all right um so yeah, no, that's 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 an interesting sort of shift, uh, and yeah. um, uh, you know, I think it's it's an important change and and finding the ways to deal with this, um, so that not just not just so the parents. There's a whole big thing about how the parents can work, but people don't think about what a disruption like this does to the routine of many children, yes. right? And routine is so important for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of a sudden the environment has changed. They see their teachers, but they can't touch their teachers, you know, and we have little kids. We have eight, we started 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like kids will roll with stuff, but they also do need some stability. Um, and a lot of times school offers a lot of that because Mm -hmm. you know, what's going to happen at school. Um, so we tried to keep as much continuity there as possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, three questions left. Okay. So what is the best advice you have been given or would give someone else? Um, so I actually got it from y'all. Um, perfect is the enemy of done. Which I think I got from Merlin Mann. Yeah. Um, that is, that is one of the absolute best things that I have ever been told. Um, even better than when they told me I could be an astronaut when I was four. Um, (laughs) because it turns out you can't just decide to be an astronaut there. There are a lot of skills you need. Um, but I, you know, it going back to that notebook, I'm afraid I'm going to ruin it by not using it right right i you know i'm a i i have a lot of that anxiety that well if i can't do it right then i might as well just not do it um and a lot of that came from you know environment i had a very very southern grandmother if you messed something up it's because you didn't care enough Uh, Um, Mm -hmm. you know that kind of that kind of thing and being having somebody essentially much like ursula's you know you have permission to make bad art yes um, having somebody finally tell me like, look, if you're so paralyzed about it being perfect that you never finish it, 
what are you doing? Um, and, and that was, that was the best. Yeah. So. Well, you, uh, um, thank you. That That's humbling, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's funny how much we need external permission to be ourselves and to like go for things sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, in, in the same sense that, you know, if you, if you don't have homemade store-bought is fine. If you don't have self-confidence, you know, external is fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's, um, and, and it's interesting because there are, it, it's, there's always a risk when you take mm-hmm. that leap. Um, yeah. And, you know, we are, we're, we're, uh, communal animals we kind of want to conform those of us who don't are always sort of you know we get the the side eye and the yes. uh, you know and and stuff but um and it's scary it's yeah. terrifying some days to just say i am going to do this thing and i know that mom and dad won't approve or <laughs> grandma won't approve or <laughs> The next door neighbors won't approve. Um, the chickens don't approve of anything, so I don't worry about them anymore. <laughs> yes, um, yes. But uh, yeah, there's, there's it. It it takes a lot. It's terrifying. It does, and sometimes you can harness that. Mm-hmm. Um, I one of my favorite things when I was younger, and I don't do it as much now because I'm lazy, um, <laughs> is to was to get kitted out in my full goth gear. Um, the black lipstick, the, the spiked <laughs> armbands, the spiky backpack. Um, and I went to college in Massachusetts, so I would go out in my full, full kit. Right. And then just be as Southern as I could be. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Oh, let me hold that door for you. Oh, what can I do oh. for you? It is so nice to see you look lovely today and just subvert those expectations. Um, yeah. And that's a power in and of itself. Like you think I'm going to be scary and rude and I am going to act like your favorite grandchild. And the thing is, I, I, I learned that lesson, um, I mean, yeah, there was some of that lesson in the South, but when I was living in New York, I, mm-hmm. I learned absolutely do not take anyone um, at face value. Some of right. the biggest assholes um, I ran into, worked with whatever, were, you know, the proper suit wearing whatever. And yep. the, the, you know, the best people would be, um, you know, the, the guy on the corner who maybe he hasn't had a shower in three days, but, um, you know, if, if, if something's wrong, he's got your back. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's not that, you know, he's homeless. It's just, it's New York. Not everybody showers every day. (laughs) It's a thing. Um, you know, I learned more, I think, uh, there was, uh, when I had first gone up, there were a couple months, I'll say two or three months, um, where I was renting a room from this um, uh, Puerto Rican woman and her Russian boyfriend. Mm-hmm. It was not a big room. It was tiny, but it was inexpensive. It was near the subway. And they were just great people. 
Yeah. And, and you don't like, there's, there's this period where I was sometimes paying for sometimes just, um, you know, generosity of strangers kind of thing. Um, when I was living up there trying to find a place to live mm-hmm. that it was, uh, that, you know, you learned really quick, like really quick, um, that you, you cannot judge everything by, it's a, by, you know, you can't judge who someone is by how they dress Yes. or talk or any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was deep. <laughs> um, which is a great segue, thinking of deep things, yes. um, into the sad but easy question, as yes. it has come to be known. Um, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Because it happens. Um, so there's the external and the internal. Okay. Um, the external is to say, I messed this up. Mm-hmm here's what I'm doing to fix it or what can I do to fix it depending Mm -hmm. on where it is. And I have made some big mistakes Um, very early in my career at the bookstore. I didn't order books for a book signing. Oh dear God. And the author showed up and we didn't have books. That's a, I mean, it happens. I can see how the the author may be hot. And it, you know, this was not a big signing. This Mm -hmm. was, was somebody fairly local. They hadn't, you know, been sent by their publisher. Um, And we had three or four books. Right, right. Um, But, you know, they walked in. I had no idea there even was a book signing. Um, You know, I'd taken a call two months ago, made a note, and then got distracted by a customer. Um, And they walked in and I was like, Hi. There's been an accident. It is my fault. Right. We have some books. We are happy to do pre-orders. I've got a stack of um, book plates. If anybody, so you people can still have a signed personalized book plate if they'd like to order the book today. Yeah. This is not the store's fault. This is not my boss's fault. This is on me. Right. I know I can't make it up to you, but here's what I'm trying to do to make your experience tonight better. Right. Um, you know, and, and the author was incredibly gracious and rolled with it. <laughs> um, we ended up not having a huge turnout, which wasn't a big surprise at our store. We didn't do any kind of advertising for stuff. We had no budget. Um, but, you know, that was that was probably the single biggest career mess, mess up mm-hmm. that I've done. Um, now inside for the next like three months, I was like, you are so you're, you're just, you're not good. You're bad. You're bad. You're going to get fired and you're bad. You should be fired. Yeah. Um, so that's the internal. The internal is I beat myself up about it for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> or at least until I forget. And I have a really good memory. Um, so that part I'm working on. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you watch Bojack? not okay um in the next to last no um one two three four like in the fourth season i want to say um there is and and rosenberg uh said the same thing when he saw it there is a uh an episode called stupid piece of shit 
And spoiler, folks, uh, but this is what makes it so brilliant. Through the entire episode, when he's interacting with his mother, when he's talking to his coworkers, all of this stuff, there's this litany in his head. I am a stupid piece of shit. What a piece of sh- I am a piece of shit. What a stupid piece of shit. Like, and the way it's presented and he's coping through the day with it is absolutely brilliant. It's been out like two or three years. So at this point, I, I, I don't feel like necessarily I'm spoiling anyone. Um, also of note was the, I think the prior seasons episode where he goes to a film premiere in the fish city and it's done almost in, it's, it's like a silent movie mm-hmm. because he can't talk. Okay. Um, because he's in a bubble and all the fish are yeah. outside. Um, so it's that the artist, the, the artistry on that one is, is amazing. Um, and then there's one uh, in the next to last season, which is harsh, harsh, but glorious. And that one I'm not going to talk about and spoil because okay. um, it's, I mean, it's also dark, so it's a little darker. It's yeah. just that you get through it and then suddenly there's a punchline and the punchline hits you like literally like a punch in the gut. Cause it was not what you're expecting at all. So yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, but you, you started to talk about, you know, the beating yeah. yourself up in your head and that's immediately what I go to because that's, I mean, I know that experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not uncommon. Sergey. Yeah, that's that. Uh, yes, I think he's going to start throwing things off. It's it's getting close to Sergey hasn't had Sergey hasn't had food in four hours, and so yeah. or maybe he just wants to sleep back there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. move it, move it. No, you have that spot. You cannot throw all of my stuff on the floor. If you choose to do so, I will put you on the floor. Take a buddy. Okay. Um, he's immediately going back, isn't he? Yeah. Totally is. He's a cat and he's Russian. What do you want? <sighs> yeah, no way. I, I feel very close to Sergey because I my degree is in Russian. Oh, so <laughs> I, I love him extra special. I mean, Russian blue is actually just a breed name. It's not actually Russian origin, but we we have the whole uh, the whole thing about yes, yeah, Sergey lose eye in battle of Stalingrad. Da da yeah. Um, why you no give Sergey cabbage for he has he sacrifice for the motherland and yet no cabbage. Um, I blame Liz and I blame Shepard for that. Yes, I, I think a lot of it is on Liz doing the voice, mm-hmm. uh, and then Shepard deciding that Sergey was a comrade. Well, yeah, he probably is. Everything Sergey's. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Flip side of the coin. Now for the happy one. Um, Do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Do. um, With more work. (laughs) So it's the, you know, what's the reward for a mitzvah? Another mitzvah. Um, (laughs) So I, um, the the best example of this is my house. It is a disaster. Um, I and the child of a hoarder, and I, I have some of those tendencies myself. So when I manage to clean, mm-hmm. that means I have workspace. Right. And so I can do a project. Um, I can paint minis, or I can <laughs> put together, you know, I can make that order for the really special necklace that I want to make. Or right, right. 
Um, the the super long term goal this year is once I get the front porch area cleaned out, I can get a lathe and start doing wood turning. Ooh. I took some classes last year. It's so fun. Um, and of course what i'm going to turn is lace bobbins so i can make bobbin lace because i'm like that (laughs) that's actually that's that's actually the the partnership my my aunt and uncle have he makes bobbins and she makes lace wait what yeah no um my aunt and uncle they used to actually go to um renaissance fairs and demonstrate and sell bobbin lace they're my favorite people in the world now. <laughs> That's so amazing. Yeah. I I do know people who make bobbin lace because it's not a big community. No, not really. Um, but I get so excited when I find people who make bobbin lace. Yeah. And, and for all I know, once we're off air or once we're done recording and I can put names out there, you'll be like, oh, yeah, they're family. So, <laughs> I mean, I, for all I know, that's what's going to happen. Um. They're, they're probably far enough that I, I haven't run into them unless they're also in the SCA, but it's possible. But, yeah, no, they had uh, they had one of the permanent booths at the uh, Pittsburgh Oh, wow. Fair. Yeah, until they moved down here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. That's awesome. <laughs> but, yes, um, I, yeah, I'm, is, I'm uh... actually familiar with that craft and, uh, and how intricate it is and... Um, how specialized it is. Yes. Um, so I, I learned to do bobbin lace in college, actually. I took mm-hmm. an independent study, <laughs> like you do. Um, and then I put it away for a long time, and I got back into the SCA, um, where there were people who could help walk me through it again. And yeah. then I started taking these wood-turning classes, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can get a very small lathe. Mm-hmm. Not the like five thousand dollar one, but like the small one. And I can oh yeah, <laughs> you can. Um, so this is that is my that's my big you know when you when you get the big big project done, um, I get to get myself a lathe because I'll have somewhere to put a lathe. Um, right. So that's that's the kind of thing I do. Like if I finish a project and I do really well, then I'm allowed to say yes to another project, or I'm allowed to start something. Um, I used to do the food based rewards, um, and that has its own own problems, especially mm-hmm. right now when I'm not going to the store. Um, and when you already have a hoarding tendency, uh, buying stuff is not the best plan. Yeah. So, um, I had to, had to try to, to come up with something. Um, and that also means that once I get to the point where I'm like, Oh, I'm looking at another, you know, 12 hour necklace project. I'm excited because it's a reward. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And um, I've found that my retail therapy has changed much yeah. more as well. It's it's so easy to hop on Amazon and dopamine hit, dopamine hit. Yes. Um, but I'm finding myself spending even more time researching just right things before I mm-hmm. push the buy button. Um, so it feels like I've earned it. Yes. Um, it's like, oh, I need this thing and I'm rewarding myself for this, but this is just too easy to take the first thing on the list. Let's make sure I get the right one. Yeah. Um, or the best value or whatever. Yeah. If, if I'm going to go do that, like, Ooh, I get to spend money on something frivolous. Um, I try mm-hmm. to take it to Kickstarter. So at least I'm 
helping somebody else's project along with my like, ooh, I'm going to get, um, you know, a new plushie. Well, I'm going to get the like wizard kittens plushie and help their game <laughs> get funded, um, which came to mind because I just got my reward and look at this. Sorry for the crinkly plastic, but look, isn't it Oh, precious? that is, yeah, no, that's... um. My my Squishables Plague Doctor Mini came in yes. this week, and so um, he's upstairs uh, in the bedroom next to the Silky Chicken Mini Squishable. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I actually um, speaking of Plague Doctors, one of my, my next big projects um, when I when I have cleared myself some time is the quilted Plague Doctor mask that's oh, been floating around the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I have I have the pattern. So I get to I get to start cutting that out and gluing it onto fabric soon. Um, so I, I I asked mom. I said, "How viable is this?" Because she's a quilter and she's got yeah. all the stuff for it. And she's like, "That may be above my my skill level, um, or not something she was comfortable doing." Yeah, I'm learning English paper piecing, um, which is how the the piece was put together so i figure i'll give it a shot although they do have a simpler like a three-piece version okay. um which might be a little more achievable um i'm gonna try the hard one first of and course then probably switch to the easier one but hey you gotta um uh perfect's the enemy of done you gotta do it exactly. badly before you can do it well Exactly. And I have, you know, a ton of fabric, so it's not like I'm going to waste um, a bunch of fabric because I've been making lots and lots and lots of face masks. Um, yeah. I know that's redundant. Everybody who just went face mask, really, that's like a land tank. Um, but... <laughs> Still. Um, um, no, because there, there are eye masks. Not just yes. face masks, but there are eye masks. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, so there, and there are Halloween masks, which are not, which are like full head masks. Yes. Yes, which are not necessarily just faces. So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, given when I expect this to be going live, it is almost Halloween, which is going to be a whole other logistics nightmare that I don't want to think about just yet. <laughs> yes. It's 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 August in recording land, folks. It's yes. October when this is scheduled to go live. So we'll see if we meet that. Um, yes, and the temperature here will probably be roughly the same. I'm hoping it drops by then here. Me too, um, but yeah. the last few years it's been very warm at, at Halloween. Yeah. Oh, that's all the questions. Okay. Is there anything you wanted to talk about other than support your local libraries, motherfuckers? Yes. Please um, support your local libraries, especially right now. Right. Um, librarians are are putting themselves through a lot. Um, I can't remember who it was. Somebody on Twitter, and this does not apply to me, but right. um, public librarians described it as, it's essentially like you're going to work and everything is knives. <laughs> and And you know, the chair might be knives, the books are knives, the cust- the patrons are knives, and you, but you still have to go because people really need you. So please keep that in mind when you're, you know, frustrated about the curbside pickup or whatever. Um, librarians are trying so hard to make sure 
that everybody has access to all of the many, many services, which are so much more than just books and audiobooks and video games and, mm-hmm. and tapes and things. Oh, yeah. um, so please be kind and please, please support your local libraries and also the post office. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, the post office uh, is currently um, one of my more conservative relatives who is, who has been all in Republican mm-hmm. or die as it were is suddenly like, uh, Oh no, you, you mess with the mail. You do not mess yeah. with the mail and, and Biden 2020. And I'm like, dude, what? 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 Oh, we love having you. Yeah. It's like, here, I don't care what that troll was. Come on over. Yeah, let's, uh, here, here, have some free health care and, uh, and yes. some cookies. Um, yes, we do have cookies. <laughs> yes. Um, so. so, and then um, also just because the more books he sells, the more I can afford my projects. Um, yes. Please, if you are interested in a fun sci-fi book, check out The Stars Now Unclaimed by Drew Williams. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met Drew, so yeah. No, he, um, I don't think that, that you guys would ever have been at the same thing. He's only done a few conventions. Um, okay. So, and he, they sent him out to like Denver and stuff. Um, but yeah, it is, the book is essentially um, Firefly meets Star Wars meets the post-apocalypse. I like all of these things. Yes, I actually really think that you you specifically would enjoy it, Kevin. Um, so, um, and I'm very biased because book one is dedicated to me, so I think it's the best book. Ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I just finished, um, that will also tell you folks about the time period. I just finished Gideon the Ninth, or not Gideon the Ninth, Hera the Ninth. Hera the Ninth, um, yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll not talk about that one on air because, again, spoilers. Um, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it yet, but oh my God, go read this book. Um, yes, I think the, the reviews on Twitter have mostly been like, what? What? Oh my God, what? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, okay, I think I see what's going on. I think I see, I, I do not know what's going on. Wait, turn turn around. Let's figure out what's going on. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Um, bum, bum, bum. Anything else? Where can we find you online? Yes, um, I am very, very online. Um, so my Twitter is Medusa's Mirror. Medusa, like the lady with the snakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mirror. And that is also my Etsy. If you want to go check out the jewelry that I make, I specialize in crocheted wire jewelry. Um, <laughs> here do, i can actually show you one i, I was gonna say do, do you have like fingerprints left or is it just a constant wow that is very intricate <laughs> um so um a lot of it is fandom based um i okay. do sort of inspirations off of characters and books that i love i've actually done one from um one of ursula's stories i did a pocasin necklace oh okay yeah. um so, and I also make uh, bottle cap pendants out of library books that are too damaged to stay in circulation anymore. So if either of those things appeal to you, please find me on Etsy at Medusa's Mirror. Yes. And I will have links to all of that in the show notes. Yes. 
And, and I will send those to you. Ah, yeah, just uh, just in case, just in case. That yes. way, it's in my email to go with the. Um, I, I actually have a folder set up that is nothing but. Um, it's the tributes folder. Yes. And as I, I talked to, because somebody, like, I guess one of the first people's like, I volunteer as tribute and it just sort of stuck. Yes. Um, and so, um, but I, I've started anything, any interview that hasn't aired yet, all the emails are in the tributes folder so I can find it later. And when the interview airs, I move it back into the other, like into the general productivity alchemy, not letters. Yeah. Folder. So that way, um, I know where to find them because I have a lot of email. I think everybody has a lot of email, but yeah. yeah. So the real, the real question is like, are you ever going to take all the tributes and make them have like the planner wars? You know, it's, uh, <laughs> the thing is it's, uh, it goes in the, in the use what works for you philosophy. I, we can't really have a planner wars. I mean, unless people want to just have like a planner off and yeah. And um, now I, I see that I'm going to get myself in trouble. Um, let me write down this. Uh, for, and that's why I have multiple pens around here. He says, taking the lid off the pen and flinging it across the office on accident. I'll just grab the other one. The clickable pilot friction that comes yes. in as part of the, the two, four, six, Ooh. seven color. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. And then here's the pastel highlighters erasable highlighters six colors pastels um, oh, that's so exciting i yeah i was like oh i'm doing color coding in my in my uh thing uh in uh, on the calendars in my filofax like so that i highlight work things in blue because that's like the company color and and uh dorsi things in green and and personal things in purple or whatever, and this, so that I can just take a quick look and say, oh, that's going to be a really busy work day, because it's, you know, all blue, or, all blue. Uh, yeah, oh, I have a dorsi meeting, I can see it, because there's one green line. Um, yeah. Uh, and then they're erasable, and it's just like, oh. So. <laughs> I like that. It reminds me of, of in mm-hmm. high school, I took all the, all of my subjects had different colored pens. Um, so, because I had like one big notebook, so I could just flip through and be like, oh, "Okay, purple is history." Yes, but no, I'm I'm gonna make this note about um, uh, planner off. Um, sort of like yeah, uh, voted best planner 2021 productivity. <laughs> I nice. don't, I I don't know if if that you know I, I feel like that's gonna have to be like the you know pet parade where everybody gets a different, you know, you're going to just have to spend a lot of time coming up with like best use of washi tape, best use of, you know, productivity alchemy stickers, best use of <laughs> all, all three, four that exist. Yeah. Yes. All four that exist. Um, so yes. Um, I am sad that I don't have that. I met Kevin badge because I met you before you started doing this podcast. We'll talk. Um, <laughs> I I met you guys at Con Carolinas. Yes. Yeah, that was just before we started doing the podcast yep. too. Yeah. I I see you handed us a did you hand us a bag of KUEC things at that? I did hand you a bag of KUEC things. Yeah, okay. It was the Miss Fancy's beer. Um oh, oh yeah. I remember that. She has a she has a picture book, by the way. There's a picture book about Miss Fancy. Oh my god. Yes. Um so yeah, no. I, I seem to recall liking that beer. You did? 
Yes. So um, we'll have to talk after about, yeah, a little something. So, uh, <clears throat> anyway, folks, um, not violating any federal shipping laws here or state laws. No, no. Uh, none. Uh, but uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. You know, absolutely, uh, absolutely fantastic to talk to you. And um, really appreciate you taking the time today. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for, you know, letting me schedule a year after I was supposed to. It's fine. I, I understand how these things happen. Yes. Um, believe me, I do. I really do. Um, and, uh, and for the people who are listening at home, we'll be right back after this. Thank you, Sarah, for taking the time out to talk to me. Uh, it was great catching up, and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Is the dog snoring? Yes. I don't know if you can hear it, Internet. Probably not, but there is a distant snore of a hound. I, I would think if I can hear it all the way over here, yeah, then but a microphone might be picking it up in the background. It might be getting edited out by the post-processing. I hope so, because that would mean they could hear the water running in the background and... It's just the fountain that the dogs and cats get to drink yes, out of. Yes, but it sounds like the world is peeing in the background. Yeah, that's why I kind of had to stop having little water fountain things around my desks, because it constantly sounded like a tinkle of someone peeing, and then I had to pee a lot. And um, yeah. Not to mention the cats would get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, as noted towards the end of the interview, uh, one of Sarah's hobbies is making bobbin lace. Just like my aunt. And Sarah's actually turning her own bobbins, which is what my uncle does. Or did. I don't know if that's a hobby they've kept up with recently. Uh, so our word for this week, our badge code is bobbin lace. B-O-B-B-I-N-L-A-C-E. You can go to productivityalchemy.com and claim the badge for this episode. There's a uh, an input form, and it's all working uh, so far. I just applied an update, and I think there was uh, an interesting-looking update coming to connect it to automation services like Zapier. And so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, but yeah, you can find out more about open badges and how to claim badges and things like that at productivityalchemy.com. Um, also, there is a support us link where you can, if you really want to, join Ursula's Patreon or buy me a coffee, or something like that. But honestly, but, like we usually say at this point, there are so many organizations that could use the money a lot better than we could right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Food banks are a particular uh, thing we suggest, because if you can't eat, you can't fight. Uh, and yeah. also, uh, shout out to the Alongside Wild Foundation, which... Oh, yeah 
is a great little organization that I have basically watched come up from a twinkle in the founder's eye over the last <laughs> few years, which makes uh, micro-grants to scientists for things that are so uh, small that they frequently can't get like grants. Like, you know, uh, one uh, I remember was a guy in uh, Indonesia who was like, I need 800 bucks to build camera traps basically so I can record whether or not we have this particular uh predator here and uh That's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it's such a small amount of money but for uh, for such a huge payoff to because if you know if how many are there and if you have some idea of, you know, and I don't remember what it was uh but they've done a lot of camera trap things for, you know, uh, places where they have jaguars and things like that, where it's like, you have to know how many there are before you can do any kind of conservation for them. Yeah. And uh, so stuff like this is really important, but if you don't have it, that's just an unsurmountable amount of money. And whereas, you know, it's something that uh, the people with a foundation can be like, yeah, 800 bucks, sure, let's go. And, like, I think they've given out about $20,000 in grants uh, a year or thereabouts, which, I mean, it may not seem like a lot, but that's 20 scientists that's, with camera traps. Yeah, or, or something like that. And, and just little micro-grant things yeah. just to, to get people the equipment they need to record things, you know, yeah, or... or to uh, hire someone to, or to, you know, it just, it, sometimes it's things as simple as I need to pay the licensing fee on this software so that I can set this thing up. You yeah. Know? And it's, uh, you know, and you're dealing with people who are frequently working for the love. So uh, anyway, they're great. You can support their Patreon uh, directly or, you know, monthly, or you can just go flat out, give them money. That's alongside yeah. I mean, wild. They, they don't want you to just give you. They don't want you to just give eight hundred dollars. They're 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 crowdfunding and pooling it. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. not like you you know they're. It's I mean, if you want to give them eight hundred bucks, they'll be thrilled. You know, they'll they'll totally oh, yeah. take it and use it and and you know fund somebody. But uh, uh, a lot of their uh, but you can also just support their Patreon for a dollar. Uh, you know, a month or whatever, and uh, they are they will make use of it to make the world slightly better for wildlife. They're yeah. of the opinion that. We're all living alongside animals, and we have to learn to coexist with them if we're all to survive, or and them and us both. So, great people. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend them as a charity. So, that's my so, chill. Yeah, that's it. So, we're, we're heading into fall. Days are getting shorter. Nights are getting longer. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it can be difficult, and some days that... Victory in being productive is getting out of bed and brushing your teeth. My my sad is definitely starting to kick in on some of the days when it gets really gray. Yeah, so um, take the victories where you can. Um, we will get through this uh, together. Damn it, together. And uh, do your best. But six feet apart six or <laughs> on the other side of the internet. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, do your best to... You know, stay productive in whatever form that takes. Absolutely. We are, we're pulling for you. Keep your stick on the ice, as Red Green would say. <laughs> I still need to watch that. <laughs>